Thanks for joining us today. Our church exists to give everyone, everywhere, every reason to know Jesus. You can learn more by connecting with us on Facebook at Journey Fellowship Denton. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy today's message. Matthew chapter 4. Verse 1 in the scripture reads, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Everybody say hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Now remember, he just said that he was hungry. But he, Jesus, answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Father, I pray that this morning you would take my words and my mouth and that you would anoint them that we might, Lord, be transformed by your power. Holy Spirit, between my mouth and the hearer's ears, I pray that the anointing, Lord, would fall. And that, Lord, that you would transform us and conform us into your image, just as you desire. I give you honor and praise, for this is your word. This is your church. These are your people. Help me to just be the servant of God today. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Friends, we are passing through a very transformative time in our world. In the history of America, there have been very few transformative moments that have re-engaged and reset, transformed the culture like I believe is happening today. It's not just an American thing because if you look around the world and you're understanding what's going on, it is a global phenomenon that is taking place. And I believe also that it's no coincidence that the majority of this current generation walking upon the earth today is by and large a biblically illiterate generation. With so much social change and so much transformation occurring in our culture, so many things that that have changed just over the last 10, 15 years, I believe it is no coincidence, like I said, that many of the people in our world have a very, very, very narrow, small grasp of the Word of God. We're no longer tethered in our culture and in our society as Americans To this word, the word of God that guides us and directed us, that not only only found its way into our founding documents, but it found its way into almost every home. The person who arrived on the shores of this new world thousands, hundreds of years ago. Almost a hundred years ago, back in 1929, one of the most transformative events occurred in the history of our nation. You know that time, some of you lived through portions or grew up as a child during the Great Depression. Black Tuesday ushered in that day when the stock market collapsed and there was a run on the banks. The banks closed. It was an economic disaster Soup lines formed. People didn't have jobs. They had no way to make a living. Families disintegrated because there was no food. There was nothing. And I was curious as I thought about the transformative times of our, of our nation, what it was, must have been like in churches in those days. And I just happened to have in my library an old minister's annual planning manual resource that dated back to the early 20s. 
I was curious as to what sermons were recommended for the pastors on the Sunday before Black Tuesday that ushered in the Great Depression. And as I looked through some of those recommended sermons, the recommendation that kept coming over and over was upon the importance of honoring the Word of God and knowing and understanding the Bible. You see, the Word of God, the Bible that you have in your hands or that you have on a device this morning, is more than some just digitized Amazon booklet. It is the revelation of God of Himself to us. If you want to know who God is, consult the Bible. If you want to know what God is like, consult the Bible. If you want to know what God wants from you, consult the Bible. If you want to know His plans that He has for you, consult the Bible. It is all found in Scripture because the Scriptures are God's revelation to us. Last week I started in the text in Isaiah chapter 43 where it said that God, behold, I am coming to do a new thing. This morning I want to follow up that message with we need a new hunger for His Word. You see, the Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy, he gives his instructions to this young minister up and coming. He says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, But as for you, Timothy, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Chapter 4, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is the judge, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by His appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. Friends, there is a lot that could be said just from Paul's instruction to Timothy. These aren't words that are directed just to this young preacher, but these are words that are directed to us today in this generation, in this transformative time that we must once again develop a greater appetite and a hunger for the Word of God more than we have ever in our lives. I believe it is imperative that the church return back to this Word as written and not as opinionated, but as the Word of God directed and how God intended for us to receive it. It is God's intention that we follow this Word, even in our day. Just look at it in that passage. Look at verse 14. He says, As for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed. Continue. It's the Greek word mino, which means to remain in or to stay put. Don't go anywhere. Continue in what you have learned. I want you to know the Bible is more than just a historical account. It is the story of you and I, friends. It's not just a story about things that you have heard. Because when you you read the Scripture, what happens is the Scripture begins to point itself right back at you. The story of Adam and Eve is not a story about two people running around in a garden with no clothes. The story of Adam and Eve is the story of beginnings. It is God's creation. It is sin's destruction. And it is God's plan of redemption. That's what the story of Adam and Eve is about. The story of Noah is not a story about a boat. It's the story about God's protection and salvation and about His his care for those who are faithful to Him. 
I'm preaching better than you're amening me. There we go. You want to get out by lunch, you better help me out. I've got a lot of notes and I can cut them down quick if you'll just amen me. The story of Abraham is not about some Middle Eastern nomad traveling through the Middle Eastern desert. It is the description of a God who calls and who leads and who guides and who blesses those who are faithful to Him. That is what Abraham is all about. The story of David is not some childhood fairy tale about a young boy who kills a giant. It is the story of a man who started off with very little, who became much, but he fell greatly. And then he found the mercy of a gracious and compassionate God who restored him. That's the story of David. Many of us have had the privilege of being raised in church. I was one of the privileged I was taught the Word of God as a child. When I was eight years old, I remember after a Sunday night service of a revival, I ran across the street into the parsonage and I busted my piggy bank. Because the evangelists, in those days, they would bring a table. There was no Amazon, there were no Barnes and Nobles. They would bring a table and they would set books out and one of the most sold books that they would bring or books that they would bring were sets of Bibles. They would bring Bibles. They wouldn't just bring their own fare of the things that they have written. They would bring Bibles. People would buy them. And I remember walking across and running or running across to the parsonage and I came back to the church after that service was over and I threw those coins and that money down on the table and I said... I want that one right there. It was the biggest, thickest Bible he had. It weighed more than I did. And I invested in that little study Bible because beforehand all I had was the Bible that had all the pictures. And I thought, you know what? That's great. But I want to know what what else there is to know about God's Word than just a few pictures. I want to know God's Word, and I want Him to reveal it to me. Let me tell you something, friends. I made that investment 40 years ago, and it is still paying dividends in my life because the Word of God is fresh like bread made every day to me. That investment will pay off. Every morning when you read His Word, it will pay off in your life. Just like Isaiah says, Verse, chapter 55, verse 11 says, My word shall, so shall be my word that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, it, but it will accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent. The word of God will pay dividends in your life. It will not return empty. Older I got, the more busy I got doing just regular kid things. Acting like a jerk when I was in junior high. And I remember going to that junior high Sunday school class with Brother Huffman, Brother Henry Huffman. You don't know who he is, but I know him. There's a group of about eight of us sitting in that junior high boys Sunday school class listening to Brother Huffman teach us the Word of God. He was blind, couldn't see a thing. He stood up in front of that class and he began to to expound the Word of God to a bunch of boys who could care less at that moment. We just kind of fiddled around, made paper things. Why in the world the pastor put a blind guy in a junior high Sunday school class I don't know. I guess he realized that God knew what was going on. Actually, I do know because Brother Huffman would call me every Saturday night. And he would say, he'd call the house. They'd say, he'd say, can I speak to, to Scott? Sure, Brother Huffman. He'd give the phone to me. I was out running around. Mom would call me in. Son, come in. You got a phone call. Run in there. Say, who is it? Brother Huffman. Oh. I stopped all my bike riding for this. I picked up the phone. And it was Brother Huffman. He'd say, Scott, looking forward to Sunday school in the morning. God's word. I'm just making sure you're going to be there. I said, 
I'm the preacher's son. Of course I'm going to be there. I said, thank you for the call, Brother Huffman. I'll see you tomorrow. For years he taught that class, and I still remember, even if I wasn't paying attention all the time, the Word of God that he expounded into my life has stuck that investment of sitting in that class, listening to that man talk about the Word of God that had carried him and him tell the stories of how God had been faithful and how God had been gracious and how God had been good and it all came from His Word. Let me tell you, saints of God, it's time to get back to the Word. It's time to get back fathers and and mothers leading your families in the Word of God. It's time moms... And dads, instead of sitting your kids down for just another quick dinner while the TV's on, sit them down and encourage them to read the Word of God with verses of Scripture being memorized in your home. Turn that thing off and open up the Word of God, which brings life. It will in, you will invest in your children and it will pay dividends in their life. Continue in what you have heard. Stand firmly in what you believe. Verse 16 says, Because all Scripture is breathed out by God. Too often I hear people say, Pastor, I just don't know what God wants me to do. I don't know His will for my life. Have you consulted His Word? Have you looked in the Scripture? Because that's how God begins. He starts by revealing Himself to you through His Word. It was His inspiration that came upon individuals who wrote down these words that you have in the text today. Did you know that there are more ancient manuscripts and fragments of the Bible than any other ancient literature, and I'm not talking by just two or three, I'm talking by tens of thousands. Pieces, fragments of ancient literature. Why are there so many? Because people found the reality of the power of God's Word thousands of years ago when it was written and they said this has to be passed on to to the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. Because one of the confidences we have in the Word of God is because it was written and the writers gave firsthand the eyewitness accounts to the work of God, to what took place. I want you to listen to the words of Peter, 2 Peter chapter 1. Listen to how Peter describes the Word of God, how it came to him, and the reason why he was writing. Verse 16 says, For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses of His majesty, For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was born to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. He's talking about Jesus' baptism, in which Peter was uh, certainly a part to see. We ourselves heard his very voice. We ourselves, born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. They saw the transfiguration of Christ. And we have the prophetic word for more fully confirmed to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit." This is not just another book, my friends. This is the revelation of God. This word that you have is a revelation of God. The scholar and Scottish theologian Thomas Guthrie says this, The Bible is an armory of heavenly weapons. It's a laboratory of infallible medicines, a mine of inexhaustible wealth. 
a guidebook for every road, a chart for every sea, a medicine for every malady, and a balm for every wound. If you rob us of our Bible, you rob the sky of its sun. This is not just another book you can order from Amazon. This is not just another book that you can pick up from Barnes and Noble. It is not. This is not just another writing of Max Licato or John MacArthur or whoever the favorite and trendy writer, Christian writer is today. This book supersedes all of those things. Why? Because they have to go back to the original source for every thought and every idea that they have. They have to go back to the first primary source, which is this book, the Word of God. Everything, all Christian books have to go back. And if they don't go back to this, it's not a Christian book. If you're reading a Christian book, Unless it's fictional and it doesn't go back to Scripture, friend, chunk that thing in the trash. It's not worth your time. There are more classic Christian books that will never be read. It would take 40 years. I did the math. It would take you 40 years to read the top 100 or, or top, the top Christian uh, books that have been written throughout history. It would take you 40 years to read those. Friends, most of us don't have that long. Spend your time here. I appreciate other writers. I appreciate their inspiration. But their inspiration does not match the inspiration found in the Word of God. All Scripture, he says, is God-breathed. God breathed a millennia ago. He breathed upon men to write these words. God is still breathing as you read His Word. He is still breathing through your Word, through this Word. There's been people who have tried to snuff this book out. The Romans tried to martyr all of its writers. Medieval priests tried to limit access to it. Social structures in ancient times tried to create generations that were too illiterate to read it. Soviets and communists tried to outlaw it. Nazis tried to burn it. And American courts and politicians have tried to ban it from public institution. Let me tell you also, modern churches and preachers have tried to pervert it. But none of them will be able to stop the Word of God that is still being breathed out upon you and I as we take its breath, its bread into our life and we find freshness from His Word every day. Matthew 24, 35, Jesus said, Heaven and earth pass away, but my word will never pass away. The word of God is here to stay, my friend. All scripture is God-breathed. Every time you read a page, God's breathed. Oh, am I not supposed to do that in the COVID era? All Scripture is God-breathed. When you sit down to read your Word, get ready for God to blow in your face. Stop reading it like it's some kind of textbook that you've got a duty to read every morning. You are going to be breathed upon by God Himself. Let God breathe upon you. All Scripture is God-breathed. Later in that Verse 17, it says that the man of God or woman of God may be complete. Everybody say complete. If you want to be complete in your walk with God, it takes the word. I found out that this week some terrible news. The school that I attended for Bible college, I heard the president, who and I are close friends. He said, we are having to change our freshman curriculum to cover basic biblical understanding. Now, this is a Bible, this is a university, this is a Bible school intended to be a Bible. We're having to change our freshman curriculum 
to cover basic Bible knowledge because by the time they get to school, to university, they still, the people who are coming, even for ministry degrees, they don't have a grasp of the Word of God. Brother James, that's a tragedy. He said they know the lyrics to all these worship songs, but they can't tell you one verse of the Scripture they've memorized. Can I tell you, if that trend continues on, what is the next generation pastor or teacher or evangelist or missionary going to be like? It broke my heart. And I realized we have no one to blame but ourselves. Because there may be people in this room right now you're a Christian, you know Jesus. And there are things that, that's, not, that's all that's required. That's it. Remember, that's all that's required. But you don't know the books of the Bible. You couldn't even list the New Testament books in order. You couldn't name a scripture passage right now and quote it word for word. You haven't memorized any scripture. When I say turn to Isaiah or Jonah or Jude, you don't know where to go and you have to go to the table of contents. Friends, that is not right. If you are a follower of Jesus, you have to know what His Word says and you should be devouring the bread of life. You should know where to find it. Well, pastor, they stopped doing Sunday school and that's why the kids don't know the Bible. Maybe. But what happened to moms and dads sitting down saying, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Acts and Letter to the Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians. Let me admonish you moms and dads, grandmas, grandpas. Teach your children the Word of God. Teach your children the Word of God. Because if you do not, the world is not obligated to. We should know the Word of God and we can't blame anybody else. That's a bunch of French steak baloney. I believe that the core of the problem is this, is that the Bible has become a secondary issue for most people. It's a secondary issue. The Scriptures, they don't think that the most important ingredient in the, discipleship, in the, in the process of discipleship and the development of Christian life is this Word. In modern Christianity, in American Christianity especially, the Word of God has been relegated to a lower level. Oh, pastor, I love good worship music. Well, I do too. But that's not what Paul said is going to make you complete. We have a tendency in our day to worship our worship and to praise our praise. Friends, you won't be complete without this. I don't care what song you sing. Well, pastor, I like dynamic preaching. So do I. And every once in a while, I get to do it. But let me tell you something. I've heard way too many sermons that were long on exuberance and short on content from the Word of God. Well, Pastor, I like this community involvement. I like that. That's why I go to this church, because I like the community involvement. Friends, you can volunteer at a soup kitchen, but that won't make you any more righteous than going to a barn will make you a cow. It's about the Word of God. It's about what you can feast upon, what is going to make you complete. Be made complete, man or woman of God, from the Word that comes from Him. Hallelujah. Those things are all good. Nothing wrong with them. I love the music. I love the preaching. I love to serve people. But they will not make you complete. That's not what the Scripture says. 
Because one of these days, I know this for a fact, the music will stop, the singing will quit, the musicians won't be around, the coffee bar outside is gonna, in the church lobby is going to lose its appeal. Sunday mornings and their fog machines and light shows are going to fail to amaze people. And when all of those things are gone and yesterday's fads and trends are gone, there's only going to be one thing that's left, my Christian friend, and it's going to be the one thing that's sufficient for an all's guide to daily living, and that is this word. It will stand forever as Isaiah said the grass withers and the flower fades but the word of God will stand forever somebody say praise the Lord hallelujah it's going to stand it's going to stand I like what one writer said he said God's word is eternal it's ever old and ever new ever sure The Bible is as venerable as thus saith the Lord and as contemporary as the last days. It spans the ages being ageless. We can count on it in every condition, in sickness, in health, in poverty's veil, or abounding in wealth. In a world of lies, His word is truth. In a world of opinions, His word is accurate down to the last jot and tittle. And because God is eternal, His Word is established in the heavens. And because He cannot fail, His Word cannot be broken. And because He is unchanging, His Word is certain. Heaven and earth will pass away, but the Scriptures will endure forever. You want to know how to become a woman of God? It's not going to be because our creative team have developed a new discipleship manual for you. It's going to be because you begin to devour the food that Jesus said, man shall not just live by the bread alone, but you shall live by the every word that comes from the mouth of God. He goes on. I'm getting ready to wrap it up. We're coming in for a landing. Look at chapter 4. Verse 1. He admonishes Timothy in several ways. And in verse 2, he says, I charge you to preach the word. (laughs) I will never forget this passage of Scripture as long as I live because I remember as a young man, I sat in an ordination service and my presbyter preached from this passage. I think it's probably the rite of passage, no pun intended, for every young minister as they sit and older ministers are telling them what to do in ministry. I sit there and I listen to this man challenge me, and he said this, he said, you have to make a choice. You either will become a preacher of the Word of God, or you will become a performer for the world around you. And I just tell you, there's way too, many, too much showmanship behind the pulpit in our churches today. Showmanship behind the pulpit of God usurps His authority. And too often we look today at the church and we see the fruits of human invention Opinion polls, neighborhood surveys, and creative committees. Today's quality or quantity over quality culture, it's not hard to understand why a preacher would stand behind a pulpit and parse the words of Scripture so that those who are hearing would have a little bit easier time of letting it go down. In our culture, I can see that. But Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and not with words of eloquent wisdom. He doesn't mention anything about suit and tie. He doesn't talk about Skinny jeans and fashionable shirts. 
He doesn't talk about the cool factor or whether you're relevant with the culture. What's he say? But to preach the gospel less with not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power, for the word of the cross is folly to those who are who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. It's not about who is doing the delivery. It's about what is being delivered. And if they are serving up a fresh loaf of the Word of God to you, my friend, that's something worth listening to. But if they're putting on a show and trying to be relevant, my friends, turn the channel, change the dial, or leave the church. Oh, Pastor, I can't believe you said that. Friends, we've got to get serious about this. Or we're going to lose an entire generation. Not too long ago, we hired Chris, our associate pastor. He's been kind of a part-time guy for a long time. The church got into a position, I said, I need to bring Chris in full-time, and his full job is going to be organized and to teach our children the Word of God. If it was my desire, I would say we are a church that's all about children, and we just so happen to have programs for adults as well. Why? Because this generation must be a generation that is informed by the Word of God because this culture is so corrupt and wicked and filled with all types of detestable things. They need to know how to stand in this day. And it begins when they're children. That's why some of you, as adults, you had such a hard time because you didn't have the privilege of being raised with the Word of God that was placed within you. And you were like me. You, 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 I, was, I was one of those. The Word of God was placed in me. And I ran around like a jerk when I was in high school and did some things that I regret, got into sin, things that I, didn't, that I, that I don't even want to talk about. And, but the problem was, was I knew too much to have a good time. I knew Jesus was coming back, and I knew what I was doing on Friday night. He probably wouldn't go out looking for me. So that's why I always came back and said, Oh, God, your word has been hidden in my heart, and that's why I just have a hard time sinning against you. We have to get serious about this whole idea and stop watering down the gospel. When you water down the gospel, it reduces it to merely a message of escape from condemnation without repentance from sin. When you water down the gospel, you reduce the message of God and the message of the gospel to affirmation as a son or daughter of God without obedience to the Father. It's like saying, hey, you're, you're sons and daughters of God, but you don't obey Him, and that's okay. What kind of truth is that, friends? When you water down the gospel, you reduce it to merely a message of forgiveness without realizing how much you have offended a holy and righteous God. Oh, God loves me. He does. And He loves you too much to leave you the way He finds you. True salvation comes because we repent of our sin and we say, God, I am so lost, I need a Savior. Salvation doesn't come upon us just because we mentally assent, but because we literally repent of our sin. gospel can no longer be watered down. Daniel, would you come? We can no longer wait and say, well, next year I'm going to get into the Word. We'll start really getting serious about the Word of God in my home one of these days. You know, there's so many books that have been written today. It's just, I was talking about that earlier. Everybody today wants to be an author. An author. They want to write their own book. And what happens is people do that. Even church people do that. 
They approach the Word of God like it's their own book, and they are the editor. And so they look at it and they say, oh, that's good. God will supply all my need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Love that one. Highlight circle. Mmm, that's good stuff. Thank you. Preach that, preacher. But then when they get to the part where it says, without holiness... No one will see God. Oh, we got to get rid of that page. That can't stay. I'm my own editor. I can write whatever I want. See, I want to make the Bible say what I want it to say. And we water it down. And we tear out pages that we don't like and we keep the ones that we like and we try to live our lives with half of a book and we wonder why there's such weakness in the church because when you have half a book you have half an anointing time is coming I'm just going to tell you now, the time has come when people will not endure sound teaching, sound doctrine, the basic tenets of the faith. And they will have itching ears, turning away, listening to truth, listening from the truth, and wandering off into myths. I close with this story. I was over, over Christmas break, I was just watching some TV. And maybe you've seen it. There was an ad cam, there was an ad that came up on the TV. And underneath it, it said, he gets us. I don't know if you've seen that. And it was a picture of a guy that was washing dishes and a, and a girl that was kind of like squatted down and she had her eyes covered and, and she was crying. You could tell she was crying. And underneath it said, he gets us. And it goes on and, you know, there's, there's this melodramatic music and it says a few more words. I can't remember what all it says. And I thought, that's... That's odd. It's like it's only part of the story. He, he gets us. Talking about Jesus. And so I did some research and I went to find out where that ad came from. And I found out that it came from a, an ad campaign from a group of people called Lerma. They're a, they're a, they're a marketing company. And the story of that ad was this, with that she was scared, she had gotten pregnant, and her parents thought her boyfriend was the father, but it wasn't. I mean, that, that was the premise of the campaign. That was what for the pictures. And so I said, what's the meaning behind this? Because it seemed kind of good. I mean, like, think about that. Oh, he gets us. I mean, that's, yeah, Jesus gets us. But in my spirit, I felt a check. I was like, something is not square here. It, it's a partial story. It's, it's only half. He, he gets us. Yeah, he gets us. He gets us all right. So I read an article about this ad. John Lee, the principal at Lerma, he said this. He said, these ads have have one singular focus, and that is to invite people, particularly people who may be skeptical about Christianity, to rethink Jesus as an inspiring and human figure that we can learn a lot from, regardless of what your beliefs are. We want to reintroduce people to the story of Jesus, a man who experienced the same challenges they've encountered Jesus felt the same emotions they have felt, all while building a radically inclusive love movement that changed the world. It's an effort to help people better understand Jesus' message of hope, peace, and compassion. This is why it still resonates today. The goal is not Christian conversion. This is where it got me. The goal is not Christian conversion, but simply contemplation 
and a conversation if they're interested. Friends, that will not help one person. It'll just make you feel better about the rotten situation that you're in. But if you can't be delivered from your situation, what good is it going to do? Thank God Jesus didn't look at us and say, Wow, boy, I can identify with that. I see, man, that must be terrible. Thank God we had a Christ who was willing to go and walk up Calvary's hill and give his life, shed his blood on a cross so that we could be transformed from what we were, sitting there weeping and with our lives in disarray and be transformed by his blood and power. That's the gospel. Not that Jesus knows how you feel, but that Jesus can deliver you from your life of sin and your past and your regrets and your hurts and your sickness and your disease. And Jesus can give you eternal life. That's the message. But it comes packaged in this beautiful little thing that our culture is swallowing hook, line, and sinker. It's the half message. It's the half truth. You want to hear the greatest tragedy of this story? And I say this not to condemn anyone. But the Servant Foundation is the one who is the principal funder of this ad campaign by Lerma. And they are a resource out of the First United Methodist Church. I love my Methodist brothers. And not all of them look at that and say, man, that's great. But I'm telling you, if that's coming out of the church, what do you expect the world to be? We have to get back to a love of God's Word, a hunger for the Word of God. Every week in your bulletin, there is a, there's going to be scriptures that you can read with. We're all, we can all read the same scriptures throughout the week. You can look there. There's lots of resources. You can do it your own. But if you don't get into the Word of God, you're going to starve to death. And you'll be sitting there starved just like you were this year. You'll starve yourself for another year. Losing weight for Jesus. Dying on the fire. We have to develop a love for the Word of God, a new hunger for His Word. I want us to pray right now. I want you to bow your heads. We're going to dismiss. I know I went over a few minutes. It's serious. It's fourth quarter time, church. It's time to get into God's Word. Because the days are coming. The deception is going to be so great in the coming days. Hear me. Deception is coming. It is flooding our world. Deception beyond deception. Lies after lie after lie. That if you listen to it and you are not grounded in God's word, you will be deceived because you will have eaten the half truth and you won't have the true word of God. This morning, I want you to respond by this. You say, Pastor, I'm here today, and I'm making a declaration. This isn't just a New Year's resolution. I'm making a declaration that today I am asking God to give me a greater hunger for His Word than ever before, and that year of 2022 is going to be my year of the Bible. I am going to feed and feed and feed and feast upon the Word of God. I'm going to get in it and know it and learn it. It's not about how many chapters you can read. Here's my recommendation on reading the Bible. When you sit down and you start reading, and all of a sudden you get stuck on one particular part, you know what that is? That's the Holy Spirit saying, stop right there. That's what I want to say. You don't have to read another chapter. You don't have to check a box. You just meditate on what he's saying right there, and you don't go anywhere else. You may read five words. You may read five verses. You may read five chapters, but when the Holy Spirit says right there is what you need to hear today, that is fresh bread upon your life, and that's what you need to stop on. You're here today, and you say, Pastor, I'm, I'm going to develop a greater hunger for God's Word today, this year. If that's you this morning, I want you to stand up right where you are and say, this is me, this, is, this was for me. I want a new, fresh, fresh, fresh appetite for God's Word this year. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I want a fresh 
touch of your word. Right now, I want you to pray. Those of you who stood, I want you to just pray right now. And I want you to say, God, I want you to give me new understanding. I want you to give me new revelation of your word. I want you to help me to create a specific time that I can read your word. I want you to help me to know where I need to go in your word. Lord, help me and guide me. Lord, direct me. Direct my my vision. Lord, give me that audible Bible so that I can listen to it on the way to work. Whatever I have to do, God, give me fresh bread every day. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. May you make a commitment to get into his word this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, I pray, oh God, over our church that, Lord, this year, that, Lord, we would see greater numbers, Lord, of people in small groups, in our Wednesday Bible studies, Lord, greater numbers of people who are coming, Lord, on a Sunday morning, Lord, not to see a showman, but, God, to hear the word of God, Lord, not watered down, but unadulteratedly delivered in truth. Lord, I pray, oh God, that you would give people in this generation a hunger for your word. Right now, as everyone in this room joins me, we pray for our children next door. Beg God that you would give them, Lord God, open their minds, and Lord, let the word of God just be poured in. Lord, give them scriptures, Lord, to memorize. Lord, I pray that God, that, that the word that is poured upon their life, that Lord, that they would not, Lord, get away from it, Lord, wherever they go in life. But as they grow up, Lord Jesus, I pray that you would bury it in their hearts so that they would not sin against you. Keep them from, Lord, the sin and culture, Lord, and let them live a life, Lord, according to your word. Give us a fresh hunger for your word. We believe it and we trust it. It is our all-sufficient guide of faith and daily living. May we devour it from a hungry heart. We praise you and we honor you in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this message. If you were blessed by this ministry, we want to encourage you to share it. And if you don't have a church home, come join us any Sunday at 1030.